Thanks for checking out the Reveal Vineyard podcast. We are a Jesus-centered community in El Mirage, Arizona. We hope through these conversations your spirit will be stirred. For more information, you can visit our website at www.revealvineyard.com. All right, so we are on week number three of our series called Missing Peace. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah talks that or says that the peace that we all crave will be found in the coming of the Christ child. He said it like this in Isaiah 9:6. He said, "For unto us a child is born." Again, 700 years before the birth of Jesus, he says, "To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father." And here's the phrase, "the prince of peace." The term in Hebrew is actually, in Hebrew is actually, he will be the Tsar Shalom. Uh, and the Tsar is like a Tsar or Caesar, uh, the one in charge, the captain, the Lord, the chief, the general, or the keeper of Isaiah is saying that Jesus, the Christ, Christ child, will be the captain or the chief or the Lord of Shalom. Now we interpret Shalom just as peace, but uh, it has a much deeper meaning than that. Shalom gives the idea of rest or tranquility and even uh, gives the idea of wholeness or the way that things ought to be. And so the prophet Isaiah is saying the coming of the Christ child, he will be the captain of the rest that we desire. He will be the Lord of the tranquility that we crave. He will be the chief of contentment. He will be the keeper of uh, all things being as they should. Right? He is our prince or our keeper of peace. He is the prince of peace with our past, peace in our present, and peace in the future. And he is also our peacemaker. Last week we unpacked this idea of making peace with the past. And we started with a question. I'll put it on the screen just for a quick review. Well, we asked, how long do you plan on dragging the angst from your past into your future? Which seems like an odd question, but it's really a question that we need to answer. How long do you plan on smuggling the trouble, the mistakes, the fear, the regret from your past into your future? It's an important question. How do we ensure that next time isn't going to be like last time? And we unpacked this idea. We said that peace is simply not accepting our past or acknowledging our past. Peace is not just having a calm about our past, but peace is dealing with our past in such a way that does not allow our past to manipulate its way into the present and thereby claim our future. In other words, if you find yourself in a place that looks all too familiar, if your new relationship is beginning to look a lot like your old relationship, if your new finances are looking like your old finances, if your new job is feeling like your old job, if your new marriage is feeling like your old marriage, you may have not dealt with your past in such a way that is healthy because your past continues to be repeated. And so how do we ensure that next time isn't like last time? And we unpacked all of that. Uh, I'd encourage you, you can go online, revealvineyard.com, or get our podcast. I encourage you to listen to that. There's a lot of solid advice that will set you up for the life that you desire and to set you up for the life that God wants to uh, bless you uh, with. And so uh, you can listen to that. It takes you about 30 minutes of time. All right, so last week we talked about peace with our past, and today we're going to talk about peace with the present. Join me as, as we pray. 
Holy Spirit, um, come and reveal yourself to us. Reveal your plan to us. Reveal your purpose to us. Reveal your purpose to each one of us. I pray that you would shine your light on any area that needs to be illuminated. That you would call us forward. That you would give us a glimpse of the future that you have for us. And that we would start moving towards that. Moving forward toward what you have for us. Don't let us get bogged down by the past. Pray that you would break any chains of the past that hold us. Would you break any chains of the present that are wearing us out, that are keeping us down? Would you liberate, would you bring freedom through your truth today? Pray that you would step into each one of our lives, step into each of our stories and be to us what we need. And be with us also as we worship you through our giving, uh, as we uh, place you over all things in our life. Place you, Lord, over all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's talk about peace with the present. Um, research shows that, uh, by the way, anytime you start a presentation with research shows, doesn't matter how smart you are, it always makes you look smarter. Research shows, I look smarter already, don't I? Research shows that in order for humans to thrive, we need a sense of purpose. That when life becomes stagnant or stale, something in us begins to wither, right? We need to have a sense of purpose if we're going to thrive. You probably remember Maslow's hierarchy, his five-tier model of human needs, uh, it's been kind of picked apart and refined and expanded since he dropped it on us, I think, in the early 40s. But there is something that, I, that applies to our message. He talks about our basic needs at the bottom and uh, the, the higher needs once our basic needs are met. The two at the top is what I want to draw our attention to, this idea of self-actualization or achieving one's potential. And the one below it, esteem, the feeling of accomplishment. And for uh, my message today... We're going to kind of combine these two thoughts into the word progress. That in order for us to thrive as humans, we need to have progress. We need to know that our effort is resulting in forward movement. The idea that life is going somewhere. We need to uh, know that something is being accomplished, that I'm moving in the right direction. The idea that tomorrow can be better than today. Right? We need progress, that our effort is moving us in the right direction. It's this drive within us that pushes us beyond the limits of safety and comfort and causes us to embrace the unknown because we have this desire to move forward, this desire for progress. When progress stagnates, anxiety elevates. When life becomes stagnant, when you no longer feel you are moving forward, stress begins to stir. Think about it this way. A stale relationship is a relationship without forward progress. And both couples in that relationship usually feel the angst or the tension of a motionless marriage or emotionless relationship. We all know the anxiety that comes with a bank account that is moving backwards, right? You look at your account and it has less money than you thought. There's stress that comes with that. 
Because when there's no forward progress, anxiety begins to set in. Parents, we know the sleepless nights when the forward movement of our children is, is halted because of poor decisions. When forward progress, when progress stagnates, then anxiety elevates. A dead-end job is a job without potential. It is a job without movement. And so for us to be, uh, uh, for us to thrive and to be healthy, there's something in us that craves forward movement. When my children were younger, we played a game called Shoots and Ladders. You probably all played it at some point. Shoots and Ladders is exactly what it is. It's a game about shoots and a game about ladders. That's all it is, right? That's, that's all that happens. Ladders propel you forward, but shoots of various length stop your forward progress and hurl you backwards any number of spaces. And when one of my kids, when we were younger, when we would play this game, and they would land on a chute, meaning they went backwards, immediately their attitude about the game changed. Now, I'll take some responsibility because dad always talks smack, no matter how young their kids were right? You'd land on a shoot and be like, ha ha! I knew it was going to be a good day for me. Glory to God, I'm a winner, right? I would say, and so granted, I'm partially responsible for their attitude, but when the kids would land on a shoot and go backwards, inevitably their attitude would change. Suddenly the game was stupid. Suddenly tears or tantrums or somebody's cheating or the spinner is rigged and they couldn't put it into words, but they knew at a young age that life without progress forward isn't very fun. They knew it, that a life going backwards isn't really a lot of fun because we need progress. Uh, this summer, my wife and I, we took a picture uh, together, uh, and she was my stand behind. Uh, now, we all have a stand behind person that when photos are taken, you kind of stand halfway behind them so they cover half your body. And so uh, I was at my peak weight at that point, and I was like, I need to stand behind. And so I stood halfway behind her. And when we got the photo, she was like, what happened to us? And I was like, what? I'm like, even half of my body was still enough to bring the response, what happened to us? And so we're like, all right, we're changing life. So we joined Planet Fitness and um, five days at Planet Fitness and five days of eating healthy. And I stepped on the scale. I gained a pound. It doesn't help that they serve Tootsie Rolls at Planet Fitness, right? Without progress, we were both ready to like get our money back, right? There's something about this place that isn't working because we want progress and typically we can't wait around for the results. Here's what I've learned 50 years. I turned 50 years old this, this uh, year. Life is a series of shoots and ladders. And the earlier you recognize this, And the principles that we're going to talk about today, the more that you will have and sustain peace in your life. Life represents the progress, propels us forward. Shoots test our resolve and they send us backwards. Shoots that are unexpected, slides that come out of nowhere. Some shoots people choose for you. They put you on it. You didn't ask for it. You didn't want it. They made a decision that hurled you back X number of spaces. And shoots are one of the reasons that we have such a difficult time sustaining peace in life. Because you know that peace is easy when you're on the ladder. That's good. 
Hey, if I'm up and moving, right, that's good. But when I'm on a slide, when I'm on a chute going backwards, that's when it's difficult, right? The chute of divorce or the chute of sickness or the slide of family members doing all kinds of crazy or the chute of a job loss or there are even chutes that we build ourselves and we place ourselves on the downward slide. That, that really long slide there, uh, it's uh, number 87 if you can read it. The first couple of times we played it, when my kids landed on that, that slide down was a lot of fun. Literally, taking their little pawn person, wait a minute, why am I so far behind? Have you ever placed yourself on a chute that was a lot of fun going down until you saw where it dumped you out? Oh, we can be honest with ourselves. Sometimes sin is a lot of fun for a season until you realize where it dumped you out that it sent you back 50 spaces from where you wanted to be in life. So there was this, this idea, this is what life is. It's a series of shoots and ladders. Here's what I noticed about my kids. That when, uh, after the shoot knocked them backwards, when their turn came around again and they were able to flick the spinner and they were able to have forward movement again, their attitude changed. It wasn't that they were happy where they were at on the game board, but there was something about the idea that I'm moving forward again that kind of brought a sense of calm to them. I want to talk to us today about the idea of where do you find yourself today? And how is it that you can begin moving forward from wherever the shoot of your life has left you? Because I don't know where you find yourself today, I don't know what shoot you find yourself on, but I do know one of the keys to experiencing a sense of peace is progress, is moving forward. And at some point, we have to dust ourselves off, and at some point, we have to gain a bearing of our surroundings and begin the forward climb. And if you're looking for a quick fix, if you're looking for a ladder out of your problems, it may not happen. Those circumstances may not change. But what I am sure of is this, and I know it sounds corny, but what I am sure of is that at the end of your shoot, there is someone, Jesus, who was waiting for you to say, take my hand, this is not where we are staying. At the end of your shoot, wherever you find yourself, there is your creator that is saying, let's get out of here. And let's start again, forward movement, progressing forward. That's what Paul talks about in Philippians 1.12. He says this. He says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, Paul's letter is to the uh, uh, Philippians, uh, and this was a prison epistle. Paul was in prison when he wrote it. Uh, finds himself under arrest for preaching the gospel, uh, which understandably sent shockwaves throughout this small church in Philippi uh, in modern-day Greece. Uh, and the church was receiving bad information, second and third-hand information. There wasn't good journalism back then, uh, very different from today when journalism is always correct, right? All right, moving right along on that one. I'll get it later. <clears throat> to the Philippian church, Paul's imprisonment meant a sudden end to progress. And so they were shaken. And so uh, Paul was responsible for starting the church uh, somewhere around 49 to 51 AD. It was one of his missionary journeys. He started this church. He was invested in it. And so he's trying to calm their anxiety because of their fears, in part because 
progress has stopped. And so he says, I want you to know what has happened. This phrase means something different to every one of us. You have your own what has happened story. What happened to my marriage story? What happened to my job story? What happened to this relationship story? What happened to my family? What happened in my childhood? We all have a what has happened story. But what I find interesting is that Paul leads us with this phrase, and so we'd expect him to go into his story. We'd expect him to unpack how he got arrested, how it all went down, how he was set up. We'd expect him to talk about what it's like being detained, that the, uh, the ground is cold and the, uh, you know, the nights are, are, are long or the food is slop, except for Salisbury Steak Tuesday. He loves that, right? We'd expect him to talk that the guards are overbearing or to tell us who was shanked in the yard. I don't know what we expect, but we expect him to tell a story about what has happened. And he sets us up with this, but then he quickly takes his thoughts into another direction. And instead, listen here, instead of giving a declaration of his sorrowful story, he gives an interpretation of what has happened. Someone once said that you are not experiencing life, you are experiencing your interpretation of life. Let that settle on you for a second. That you are not experiencing life, you're experiencing your, circum- uh, your, your interpretation of life. If my wife and I took a college course and we both took the same college final exam and we both walked away with C's, we would have a different interpretation of that event. She would be angry and upset and start saying things like, the professor is against me, the test is uh, uh, you know, geared to be uh, uh, discriminatory against short people, something like that is what she would be saying. I, on the other hand, would be like, I got a C, right on, a C, not showing off, not lagging behind, right in the heart of the middle, right? Because life isn't so much about what happens to you as it is about how you interpret what has happened to you. And so Paul says, I want you to know about what has happened, but then he changed his story because life isn't so much about what happens to me as it is about what it means to me. And so instead of giving a declaration of his story, He gives an interpretation of his situation through the lens of his God that holds all things together. In other words, Paul's saying, look, this wasn't my plan. I didn't expect a shoot to come out of nowhere. Uh, This isn't where I wanted to be. I didn't expect to be in prison. But here's what he says, uh, Philippians uh, 1, 12. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me, has actually served to advance the gospel. This isn't where I wanted to be, not where I planned to be. The shoot came out of nowhere. But even here, in this undesirable location, I was dumped by a shoot. But even here, there is forward movement. There is progress. And my life and my mission is still going forward. Now, that word advance is interesting here. We're going to unpack that a little bit. Uh, Let's talk about that idea. Uh, Prokoope. The idea of pro is in front, and and, uh, kope is this idea to chop or to cut. Uh, And so really what it is saying is that to progress or advance by chopping down whatever impedes your forward progress. And so there is this idea of that, all right, life dumped you somewhere that you didn't want to be. I get it. Life has been unfair to you. I get it. A shoot swallowed you whole and sent you spinning, dumped you back 50 spaces from where you were last year. I get it. But at some point, we have a decision to make. 
whether or not we will just continue with a declaration of telling our story that paints me as a victim, or at some point will we give an interpretation of what it means through the lens of God who holds all things together. At some point, we have a decision to make. Will I progress forward from where I have landed? Because just as my children had a sense of calm when they began to move, you will find as well that even when life has dumped you somewhere, if you can begin to move forward again, there is a sense of calm and a sense of peace. You're not happy with where you're at, not where you intended to be, but at least you're beginning to move forward, to start chopping down whatever impedes your forward progress because it's time to advance. Paul's interpretation is he was saying, look, I may look chained, my movement may be restricted, I've encountered some unforeseen obstacles, but I have assembled my faith, and even in this location, I am moving forward. Here's God's word to some of us. It's time to move forward. I don't know where you landed. I don't know what it looks like. But at some point, it's time to stop declaring the story of a victim and to start interpreting the story through the lens of God who says, let's get out of here. Let's start to move forward. Let's start to find progress because life can shoot you down, C-H-U-T-E, but life can't hold you down. This is the greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world, right? And so life may shoot you down, but it can't hold you down. And so the word of God for some of us is, all right, get up, look around, dust yourself off, take the hand of your creator forward. Movement from here. Because this is not the last chapter of your life. This is not what you will be defined by. And so let's progress forward. Now Paul then makes a shift. He moves from interpretation to anticipation. He starts to talk about what will happen. What he expects will happen. Count with me how many times Paul uses the word. He says, yes, and I will continue to rejoice. I anticipate that nothing's going to change. I'm making the decision. I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will, anticipation, turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope, pin that, we're going to get to that in a moment, that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor. No chance about it. It will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is, far, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with all of you for your progress. As a side note, sometimes life is not just about your progress. Oftentimes life is about the progress of someone else. Parents, you know this. This is why we continue over and over and over because it's not about my progress. It's about the progress of my child that they can become all that they need to be. Some of you are at a job because of the progress of your coworker. 
Some of you are in ministry and you won't get out of ministry because of the progress of those that you serve. It's not always about you. Paul says, look, right now I'm in this and I'm staying with this because it's about your progress and you moving forward. And he goes on to say this, and I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy and faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Look, life can shoot you down, but it cannot hold you there. Look at Paul's anticipation. He's not saying, I hope, maybe, possibly, might. He's saying, I will. I expect it. I'm anticipating it. Look at verse 20 again. I eagerly expect and hope. That's our translation into English, right? The original text is kind of three words morphed into one. Uh, it's apple, which means to turn away from, away from, to turn. Kara is head, so the idea is to turn your head away from something, right? Pretty, pretty simple uh, right now. Uh, back in the day, uh, sometimes I don't know why I tell you these stories, but whatever. Back in the day, uh, we had a, a, a hot tub that was um, in the back of our yard, and our yard went in a big point. So it was a pretty good ways away from the house. And when the kids were asleep and it was dark, we'd go in the hot tub in our birthday suit. So we'd walk from the house to the hot tub. It was a decent way. And our oldest uh, child found out about it and was just mortified and saying, we have a two-story home right next to us. What if they, what if they see you? And my response was, uh, they can use their neck, Right? They can turn the other way. If there's something you're not liking, you can turn. The, I don't know why I tell you some of these things, but it kind of goes with what Paul's saying. What Paul is saying here is that if I look to my left, I see prison walls. If I look to my right, I see prison walls. If I look behind me, I see a chute that dumped me in prison. And so I'm going to use my neck and I'm going to turn away from if, what I don't want to see. If I look this way, I see two people walking to a hot tub. I'm turning my neck away from what I don't want to see, and I'm looking in another direction. This is what Paul is saying, that I eagerly expect and hope. What he's saying is, I refuse to look at that which is bringing me down. I'm turning my head, and then this last part, dokia, I'm stretching forward as in your thinking. And so he says, I, I, I won't look this way, I won't look that way, but I'm stretching. The idea is kind of like a runner going to a finish line and stretching out forward, neck, all body, you know, push forward to cross, that, to cross that line. This is the imagery that we are, as Paul is saying, that I am anxiously looking forward onto the horizon at what God is bringing to me. And this is my anticipation. This is my faith. This is what I believe in. And I'm not looking to everything that's dragging me down, but I'm looking ahead with great anticipation. I'm yearning. I'm leaning. I'm stretching into it because I believe God has something better for me. Apocaridophia. He says, this is what is coming. This is why I eagerly expect and hope that something is coming on the horizon. He says, regardless of where life has dropped me, I'm looking forward. Progress. I'm not going to stay and sulk here in prison. I'm going to interpret it through the lens of my God who holds all things together. I'm going to see what God is doing and we move forward from here. 
I'm turning away from afflictions, from frustrations, from vexations, from irritations, from aggravations, from exasperations, and I'm setting my eyes on something better. Hey, where has life brought you? Life can shoot you down, but it cannot hold you there. And so for some of us, it's the decision of beginning to move forward. I don't know what that might mean for you. Forward may mean progress, or forward may mean counseling. Forward progress may need financial counseling, marriage counseling. Forward progress may mean an education. Forward progress may mean getting out of a dating relationship that's toxic to you. I don't know what forward progress means. But you are not intended to be stagnant and to stay in a place where you will wither and die. And so instead, I am looking forward with anticipation at what God has for my life, for my family, for my job, for my finances, for my church. Apocardokia. Listen, nothing I can tell you will allow you to avoid the shoots in life. You can limit them by making good decisions and not building a chute that you put yourself on. But life is what it is. Out of nowhere, life shoots us backwards. It happens to the best of us. That's why we have the phrase, why do bad things happen to good people? Life is what it is. There's no amount of faith, money, church attendance that will allow you to avoid some of the shoots of life. And so my question is, how do you respond once you've been dumped out? And Paul would say, how we respond is not only getting wrapped in the declaration of our story, declaring our story over and over, I'm a victim, but at some point we interpret it through a different lens. And then we anticipate that the God who created us and loves us has something more for us on the horizon. And we begin to step ever so slowly, but we begin to move forward. Hey, God's word for you today is progress, moving forward. Not staying where that slide dumped you because life can shoot you down, but it cannot hold you down. I need to put that on a t-shirt. We'll make some money on that one right there, right? All right, life can shoot you down, but it cannot hold you there. Stand with me. I want to just allow you just a few moments uh, to pray and to just listen. Listen, I don't know where you're at in your faith. I realize some of you are here. Maybe you're not sure about uh, this whole idea of faith. You're not sure about Jesus, and I'm glad you're here. But would you just be bold enough to say, God, if, you, if there is something out there, would you reveal yourself to me? Would you begin to unveil this so I can begin to see it clearly? And for some of us, um, I'm, I hope that you hear the word of God for you today that says it's time to move forward. For some of us, it's time to step back to see the forward movement that you've already done because you know when life falls apart, it doesn't feel like you moved at all. It feels like you're constantly moving backwards. And sometimes when we take a step back, we can say, you know what, I actually have been ever so slowly, I've been moving forward. Take a breath. Take a breath. You're moving. You're moving forward. Let's pray. Lord, this is a, a, a skill, I think, that we can learn. Um, I mean, that's, 
Isn't faith in part our interpretation and our anticipation? The evidence of things hoped for, the conviction of things that have not yet been seen. And so would we put our faith into action? I pray for every one of us. We've all been on a shoot. We've all been dumped out somewhere. And probably in some area of life, all of us have been dumped out recently. We're all facing our own stress, our own tension, our own obstacles. And I'm praying that we make a decision to align ourselves with you and begin to move forward. That we would begin to chop down whatever obstacle is in our way. Beyond that, I ask that you would go before us and you would remove obstacles that are in our way. Lord, I pray, Psalm 35.1, that you would fight against those who fight against me. You would come against those that stand against me. I pray that you would make yourself known wherever we would find ourselves today. And that you would whisper to us, forward progress. Even if it's crawling forward from here. And that we may experience peace in our present circumstances. Knowing that the unforeseen may have happened, but from here, we decide with you to go forward. I pray that. I pray it would bring a sense of peace, a sense of hope, a sense of hope upon uh, our church, especially those who are struggling, those who have more questions than answers, those who are unsure what tomorrow will look like those who find themselves on a slide right now and not sure where it stops, would you intervene on our behalf? I pray this in the faithful name of Jesus, who is your Savior. Amen. Amen. All right, church, if uh, you need prayer, we'll have some people down here who love to pray for you. If I've never met you, I'd love to meet you. Next Sunday, come out for our Christmas service. I know it's not morning, it's evening. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, We'll have a candlelight service around a lit tree out in the parking lot. It'll be a good time. God bless you guys.